Welcome to the Psych Central Show, where each episode presents an in-depth look at issues from the fields of psychology and mental health. With your host, Gabe Howard, and featuring Vincent M. Wales. Welcome, everyone, to this edition of the Psych Central Show. Today, we have a great guest for you. We have Sarah Schuster, who is the mental health editor over at TheMighty.com. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good. My stomach hurts, which probably means I'm nervous, (laughs) Um, but um, that's also me all the time, so we're good, relatively. Nervous is good. I promise I don't bite. I don't bite. And of course, with us as always is Vincent M. Wales. Vin, do you bite? Occasionally, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Occasionally. Occasionally. All right. Well, Sarah, let's go ahead and jump into this. Um, I met Sarah the first time that I got to write something for TheMighty.com, and it was really awesome. She was uh, very kind, very encouraging, and it, we sort of struck up uh, an internet friendship. We've never met in person, but uh, we've exchanged a lot of emails, and we have... You know, a lot of stuff in common. Uh, I live with bipolar disorder. And, and Sarah, you have a, um, a mental illness background as well. <laughs> yes, mental <laughs> illness background. Um, my it's on a resume. Mental, <laughs> my mental illness of choice, um, you could say, um, anxiety and depression. Those are the two things that I that I struggle with. Yes. Yes. So... I, I think that, and, and as a mental health editor, you're, you're sort of in a unique position to say this, but uh, I write about mental health topics. I write about you know bipolar depression and anxiety because I live with bipolar depression and anxiety. Yeah. So I, I feel qualified, Gabe Howard, to say that people get their best writing when they write about things that they know. How, how do you feel about that? Oh, 100%. I mean, even as an editor, even though obviously... I don't have all the conditions that I'm approaching. I think the I think dealing with the general sense of I've experienced feelings, emotions, or experiences like kind of fell out of my control. I can sympathize with a lot of people across conditions. And then when it comes to my own writing, um, yeah, I mean to have the personal experience. That's the only way, like, the true, authentic, best pieces kind of come out. Um, I actually find, so I write, I write pretty frequently for the Mighty about myself um, when I'm not editing. And I've actually found that when I try to write thinking of myself as, like, this mental health editor, I can't get it. And it's only when I kind of become, like, myself as someone who's had experiences um, in the mental health community, that's when the best work comes out. That's great. So let's let's start at the beginning. How did you get into the mental health world? I mean, from whether it be from an advocacy standpoint, from a, a writing standpoint, how did you end up here? Yeah. So my story is actually pretty interesting because I my first kind of experience being thrust into the mental health world, as I think most people are, <laughs> um, was because of my brother. For a while, I very much identified as a sibling of someone with a mental illness versus someone who kind of faced their own challenges, which I actually think is pretty common with siblings um, when you're growing up and one sibling. um, So what happened with me is that my brother was hospitalized my senior year of high school and was kind of in and out of treatment um, for probably about six years after that. He's doing very, very good right now. 
But because I saw him, he has OCD, depression, eating disorder, um, I had this idea of this is what mental illness looks like. Um, and whatever I'm going through isn't as intense and therefore um, isn't as valid. So for a while, I really kind of buried my own feelings. And this was like, you know, in school being very active. And what was funny is that like on in my social life, I was actually this comedy writer, like very different than what I do now. <laughs> and in my classes, I was studying journalism. I was I would write about mental health issues because that was kind of how I was processing what was going on with my brother. And it was finally my, I think it was my junior year of college is when I started experiencing kind of too much on my own to ignore. That's when I started having passive suicidal thoughts, a lot of classroom anxiety, um, self-harm ideation, just a lot of things where I was like, okay, like, what is this? Like, this is something that I can't push down with being busy. Um, and that's when I started to accept my own mental health issues. And actually, um, it's funny because um, that almost brings me directly to The Mighty because The Mighty found me because I published a blog on some campus blog um, about going to counseling. And the piece was literally almost like a coming out of sorts, being like, hey, like, I'm the person you know who runs the comedy group. I'm, you know, a pretty good student. I'm very happy. This is how you see me. And I also use the counseling center and kind of how it was okay for other students to kind of feel like they had this, like, vibrant student life, but then also be struggling. So I think, again, like, for me, the biggest thing was I'm still going to class. I'm still doing everything I have to do. So clearly... I must be fine. Um, and to kind of accept that that wasn't that didn't have to be the case that I could be both things. I could be a busy student and someone who struggled with anxiety and depression. Um, that was a huge moment for me. And so I wrote that post, the mighty picked it up and then I'm here. And it was like two years later and I am now running their mental health section. Um, so that's my story. And I think it's, and I like to say the whole thing because I think that a lot of people are in my position where they either don't think they're like, quote unquote, sick enough to get help. But I'm also really passionate about, um, you know, treatment reform and um, looking at our mental health system, because um, even though I've never personally been hospitalized, I've seen my brother kind of bounce in in around of a few places. Um, so I have both perspectives, um, which I hope I get to bring to my work. That's fantastic. There's 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 a million follow-up questions that we can ask to that. And of course, we only have 20 minutes, so we're going to narrow it down. Vin, I'll go yeah. ahead and give you the next question. I've been looking over The Mighty in, in recent days and reading a lot of really excellent articles on there. What's your What's your favorite part about being the editor for mental health there? That's a great question. Um, my favorite part is working with writers um, only because I'm, um, even though... You know, I have a lot of anxiety and some of it is social. I'm also such a people person and I also thrive from the contact I have with the community, being to, being able to connect with people like Gabe, being able to talk to my writers on a regular basis. Um, the fact that I have people, Gabe does this, and you're not the only writer, Gabe, who will <laughs> email me and be like, Sarah, how are you doing? <laughs> like the fact that I have writers who are checking in on my mental health, um, like being feeling like I'm really part of the community um, has been my favorite part. And obviously I, I'm a writer. I love editing. I love, you know, putting headlines on stories. I love all the technical aspects of it. Um, but because 
I'm where I am, I have also a unique experience to kind of literally manage all these voices and make sure that everyone feels comfortable and feel like they're being heard. And right now we have almost like too many to manage, <laughs> uh, which is kind of a new fun problem we're having with just all the submissions you've been getting. But um, I still try to keep a pretty personal relationship with writers, at least as much as I can. So working with writers is definitely my favorite part because the mental health community is awesome. You guys are great. I felt very embraced by everyone when I first started kind of taking on this role. Sarah, what's really great. fantastic. What's very fantastic about Sarah is, you know, I, I submit to a lot of places as a writer and I get a lot of form letters and, and I get uh, ignored a lot. And, you know, I, I emailed Sarah once and, and I was like, so blah, 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 blah. And she write back, okay, blah, 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 blah. And then I was like, how are you? And she's like, you know what? I'm not great. And I was like, all right. I, th this is an on. And, and I, it kind of it kind of sucks that you know somebody is telling the truth when they say, hey, I'm not doing well. But there there's a purity in it. And, and that's sort of, you know, of all the people that I talked to, I wanted to interview you because you just owned it. I mean, you were right back. And like you said, you can be two things. You're like, I've got this stuff that I need to get done and I'm going to do it. But you know what? I'm overwhelmed and I'm anxious and yeah, I'm not feeling well. Yeah, and yeah. these are powerful things to get out, especially for the newly diagnosed that are still in the mindset of you have to be one or the other. You either have to be a failure or you have to be successful. Right. Because like, what, um, sorry to interrupt you, Gabe, because no, what ahead. happens is people, and, and it's funny that you say that because, well, there's two things. First of all is that I think that because of the position that I'm in, I try to practice what I preach, right? So it's hard for me to, you know, I'm, I'm editing all these blogs being like, be honest about how you feel. You should talk about, you know, what's going on, like answering how are you and really answering. Like I do try in little ways to practice that in my own life just because all day I'm, you know, turning out these stories that are saying just that. And also at the same time, it's funny because I also have this interesting guilt where I almost don't feel legit because I've never, not that I will never reach some kind of like bot, like dark, you know, bottom, but I think a lot of people, um, they unfortunately reach their bottom before they're in the mental health community, right? Because they are, they bury, they feel like they're not sick enough. And because I was kind of embraced early on, I'm almost an ideal situation of somebody who's still relatively young, like getting help for my issues, you know, working on it, still figuring it out. Um, but I, I'm lucky that I haven't really, um, I don't know, like I, I, ha I have to say that I've been relatively lucky with the support that I've gotten as far as how bad I think my anxiety and depression could have gotten if I wasn't getting support. So thank you for saying that. Yeah, I do, I do try to be honest with everyone because I'm asking people to share so much with me. Um, so it only seems fair to kind of give a little back. It's, it, you, you mentioned that, that you're very young. As I, I've been around the mental health community for 15 years in various roles, you know, I was diagnosed 15 years ago. And, and after I got better, I became an advocate and then I became Uber advocate. And the thing that I've noticed in the last 15 years is, you know, when I got started and I was 25, I looked around and there weren't a lot of other 25 year olds. I was the only one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now, now at 40 and, and Vin at 860, uh, he oh, and I look around, he and I look around <laughs> and the, the young people have really embraced it. And it, I'm not saying all young people have embraced it, but but certainly more so, uh, you know, and now I look around and there's not a lot of 40 year olds. So I, I've said this before and I'll say it again. If we're paying attention to the youth right now, we're going to be OK as soon as, you know, 
all the old people die. But, <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's encouraging to see where it could be. People are a lot more open about it uh, yeah. than they were 10 years ago when I yeah. got started. Also, gay people like you have paved the way for people like me, right? Like when I, you know, when I kind of entered mental health world, there was already like no stigma. There was already, I pretty much just like joined the conversation and added to it. Um, so, I mean, so, some old people did some things right. <laughs> you, you hear that? She owes all of her success to me. That's that's, that's what right. I that's heard. What I said. You can that's... quote me. <laughs> uh, but but there there is validity in that. We we do need uh, all of us from from you know from me to eight hundred and sixty year old Vin uh, to to your age, and then even people that they don't they don't know it yet. You know, I, I it the the. The average person is diagnosed between the ages of 16 and 24. And I found myself starting to look at 10 year olds and think, hey, in six years, are, are you going to be writing blogs? Like, am I going to see you? <laughs> and and I don't mean that as, as at first I used to think that was like a terrible thing to think. And, and now it's almost exciting to think that people will have something. There's a conversation to be had and new people will join it. So it's, it's almost encouraging. Before we go on any further, the one thing that I want to do is can you explain to people that don't know and that don't have Google what The Mighty is? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so The Mighty, I always describe it as a storytelling community. And it's really for people who live with different mental illnesses, but also chronic illnesses, um, different disabilities. And we pretty much collect stories from people in the community and try to cover as first of all as many conditions as we can but also as many perspectives as we can and the uh, the little kind of situation I always love to describe is that when we're publishing these stories the really the I think the purpose of the mighty is that when somebody first gets let's say their bipolar disorder diagnosis and they google like I just got diagnosed with bipolar. Instead of getting um, only, you know, WebMD or a bunch of um, clinical pages, or maybe even, I mean, the nonprofits are great. So maybe they get a few nonprofits. They also get a story that says something like, What I wish I knew when I was first diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And they click on that, and all of a sudden they have somebody who's been there telling them, Based, hopefully something that you know either gives them encouragement or gives them some advice or tells them something that they need to hear and we want that experience to be for everyone um, so we basically collect stories with the hopes that people who need us will find us and you know and also think that the writing um, is also helpful as well so that's what we do that is fantastic so how is storytelling and writing a useful tool in mental health recovery yeah, I always have seen that as two. Um, there's kind of two ways to answer that question. The first is writing itself, I think, is a really cathartic experience. I think you don't have to be a writer to really benefit from, first of all, just like getting things out of your head. <laughs> I think that process itself is very, very therapeutic. Um, and also just to get your story out on paper helps you make sense of what you're going through. I also think then sharing your story if you want to and getting that feedback is also really helpful because first of all you can help others by sharing your experiences and also just you know my favorite comment I think to ever see on a story is someone saying this is how I've felt but I've never found the words to say it until now and to get that validation that you're not the only one going through this and that somebody else can you know 
maybe not word for word, but in some larger way can relate to your experiences, that kind of like feedback loop is really important. Um, and I, yeah, and I think everybody deserves that, deserves to feel like they're being heard, whether they're a writer or not. That's great. Now, one of the things that people think about when they're writing is, is rejection. You know, what happens mm, if I write something totally. and you don't like it? And, you know, as an editor, I'm, I'm sure that you don't print everything that you get. And sometimes you have to provide feedback to, to sort of, you know, make people feel better that rejection is not the end of the world. How do you handle that? You, you get a blog. It's, it's, it's not for publishing for you. So mm. now you've got an opportunity. Go. Yeah, that's a great, it's a great question. So we can publish everything we receive and it, and it, it really sucks. Um, we just have a small team right now. And, and so we, you know, we, not that we're super selective, but we try to only choose stories that, um, that we think will benefit the community in some way. Sometimes we just simply have already had that story a million times. That's why we can't publish. But I would I think that, well, the mighty in particular, we're trying to, you know, have other parts of our site that people can get involved. So whether that's like having a journal on the mighty, that's like not that's like not necessarily edited by an editor, or having forums people can ask and answer questions. Um, that's what the mighty is doing. But also, I think like having your personal blog. That there's so much power in like creating your own space. Like you don't need an editor's approval to write anything. You know. So I guess what I would say to people who who are afraid of getting rejected or maybe had gotten rejected, like, first of all, try again because we reject so many stories. It's just kind of how it works. But also, like, don't feel like that means that you can't start your own space and kind of find, you know, social media. There's so much going on. I love, I actually fell in love with Twitter by doing mental health work because there's so many amazing advocates on Twitter. And so create your own space, put your work out there. Um, the rejection has nothing to do with whether or not your story is valuable. It's a more of a technical, <laughs> you can't publish every story. Um, and that's kind of the reality of the situation right now. There's almost no writer that I have met uh, in any genre, any type of writing, et cetera, that doesn't have a, I got rejected and it changed my life story. Totally. Yep. So yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of like being a comedian and bombing. If you're going to be a comedian, you're going to bomb. It's, it's, it's just, it's the way of it. So go ahead and get it over with and move on to your success. Exactly. Yeah. And keep doing it. Yeah. So Sarah, how can we find you? Oh, you can find me. So I'm on Twitter um, at Sarah Eliz tweets. Uh, and on the mighty, if you search my name, you'll get my mighty author profile, but you can also search my name on the mighty and you can get um, the pieces I've written for them. Those are kind of the only two spaces I exist right now. So, Sarah, we, we traditionally, um, with our guests on the show, we like to end it with a, uh, a sort of surprise question, which in this case is going to be, what question would you like us to ask you? I think that if you were to ask me a question, I'd want it to be, who inspires you? Like, who in my own personal journey has kind of um, Excellent. inspired me on my way? And I would have to say my mom. I'm going to go a little cliche and say my mom, because <laughs> when my brother was first hospitalized and when he was in and out of treatment and when there was a lot of um, a lot of tension at home, my mom was a rock for my family and she really held it together. My family, we're in a very lucky situation in my family where although, you know, there's obviously a lot of, um, the things that come with mental illness, whether it's, you know, arguments or misunderstandings or even just like dealing with someone who 
is grappling with their own worth, like the, all the ripple effects it has on a family, my family has continued to be very loving and that's never changed. The fact that, you know, we all love each other. And I think my mom kind of spearheaded that. So she inspires me. She'd be the, that's how I'd answer that question. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. Sarah, thank you for being on the show. PsychCentral.com and TheMighty.com have a great partnership. So if you are on the uh, PsychCentral.com Facebook page, you'll see posts by The Mighty. If you're on The Mighty's mental health page, you'll see posts from Psych Central. And it's really a great resource. And so we're really glad to work with you. On a personal note, Sarah, I am a huge fan of yours. So I, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to, to speak with us. Yeah, I was so happy to be here. Thanks, guys. You're very welcome. Everybody, that's a wrap, and we will talk to you later. Thanks. PsychCentral.com is the Internet's oldest and largest independent mental health website. PsychCentral is overseen by Dr. John Grohall, a mental health expert and one of the pioneering leaders in online mental health. Our host, Gabe Howard, is a professional speaker, award-winning writer, and mental health advocate. You can find more information on Gabe and his work at GabeHoward.com. Vincent M. Wales is an award-winning speculative fiction novelist and suicide prevention crisis counselor. You can find more information on Vincent at VincentMWales.com. If you have feedback about the show, please email talkback at psychcentral.com. There are few words more misunderstood and misused than OCD. Imagine having unwanted thoughts stuck in your head all day no matter how hard you try to make them go away, and then having to pretend that everything is okay despite having to feel crippled inside. That's OCD. 1 in 40 people suffer from it globally, but there's hope. If you have OCD and need help, you can get better with specialized treatment. NoCD offers effective, affordable, and convenient treatment for OCD and is covered by many major insurance plans. Go to NoCD.com to learn more. That's NoCD.com.